calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Yes, this is our first episode back after Halloween. We have a really exciting episode for you, Becky. Becky, do you like it when people say Becky or Becky Ann? Because in my brain, I always call you Becky Ann, but I'm like, she probably just wants people to call her Becky. What do you prefer? My friends call me Becky, and and I can tell you came from the internet if you said Becky Ann. Becky, uh, aka my bloody Galantine, even though I did come from the internet, I'm going to consider you a friend. I was kind enough to jump on tonight. Everyone, if you don't know who Becky is, most of you probably do at this point, but she is often imitated, never duplicated. She's one of the original on TikTok of what I would call short story presentation of haunted locations. And she's gone from there to do so much awesome stuff. And yeah, Becky, thank you so much for coming on and co-hosting tonight. No problem. Thank you for asking. Yeah, absolutely. And so this episode, we are diving back into stories from Reddit. No, we're not reading them. We have the actual people here who experienced their hauntings. I know many of our fans have been asking us to bring people back from Reddit as some of our best episodes uh, from the past really came from Reddit, not to put any pressure on Jason and Cynthia. We're so happy to have you guys here tonight. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys' story really struck me when I was reading it. One, I was truly gripped when I was reading it. It was just really raw and real uh, as, I, as I was reading your story. And then seeing the video, Jason, that you posted of the smoke coming out of the light bulbs. And of course, we'll get into all that. It kind of made me afraid a little bit for you guys. So I'm glad Becky is here so she can tell me that everything will hopefully be okay. I'm going to ask you both this because this is how we start every episode. Jason, we'll start with you. 
We call this our believometer scale. I die a little bit inside every time I say that. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts, and ten ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? Well, if you'd asked me that question two months ago, I'd say zero. But after what I've seen the last two months, solid nine. Wow. And Cynthia, how about you? I'm gonna have to start out with a ten. I've I've been seeing things and you know, been seeing a lot actually since I was about 12. And one thing we usually like to do is kind of hear people's origin of the paranormal. Now, Jason, I'm kind of taking that we're hearing and seeing your origin in real time. Is that correct? Yeah, to say the least. I mean, it, it's really, it's really making me take a step back and, and think, you know, and, but now I believe I know what I see and I, I know what I hear. And Cynthia, before we jump into all the hauntings currently being experienced in your home, um, I know you guys have some poltergeist activity, some just a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of walk me through kind of a, a glimpse of what your experiences with the paranormal have been, um, you know, maybe like the key markings before this haunted home experience? The first time I remember seeing any kind of paranormal anything, I was I was 12. I my room was in a basement and I would see people. Um, you know, I there was there was one particular um, I don't know what you would call it, would come sit at the end of my bed at night. Would never talk, never, never really scared me then, you know, and then I would see different things. And then me and my mom and my sister would see things in the same house. And then on on about till I was, so about 20 years later, I think maybe once or twice a year, we would, we would see something, but we were all in different houses then. This is definitely not something new to me. I guess, Jason, let's start with you since you're kind of the... Um... I almost said the virgin in this situation, but since you're the <laughs> one that is really new to these experiences. So Jason, why don't we start with you and and walk us through your story with experiencing the paranormal? I didn't really believe any of this at all. And when we first moved in here, I don't know how long was it Kaylee started talking about hearing the, the a steps. Month, so a month, month after we moved in, she started talking about hearing hearing somebody walk around the house. And that's your daughter? Yeah, our youngest daughter, she's 13. She said she could hear him in the attic. I just wrote that off like a squirrel in the attic. She would say that her doors would open and shut, you know, and I just, well, you're not getting them latched enough, you know, draft, open, you know, everything is explainable. And I even searched the house one night. I went up in the attic. My oldest daughter's boyfriend went up in the attic. You know, we, we set out vegetables, but nothing ever touched them. It just kind of died down from there. When it started with Allie, you know, the, the light bulb, you know, she, she came in there and, and she showed me that video, you know, and, and it's what gets me. I work with electronics and electricity for a living. I've, I've done it for 21 years. So I, I know how things work with that. And I went in there. There was still a little bit of smoke and it was coming from the inside and the outside of the picture. You know, and when she told me to touch it, you know, is what, what got me. And I reached up there and touched it. That, that damn thing. I mean, it was cold. And the thing about it is if, if it was an electrical problem to me, it would be all the bulbs, you know, and it wouldn't just be one, you know, and, and that's being an LED, you know, and that's how that, that was a more expensive LED. I work with those at work and I've seen them get hit by lightning and they just quit working. They never smoke. They never, and see, that's another thing. It didn't smell. 
It had no odor to it. It was just like a like a fog around it. I didn't really know what to think. M&M thing. That's when I knew that, that something was something was happening because it it scared her. It wasn't something that she thought was funny or humorous. It scared her. I could hear it in her voice. Well, let me let me back you up just a little bit. Can you tell us about what happened? The jar with the M and M's. She she sent me a text one day out of the blue and uh, told me ha ha ha. You know, Dad, very funny. And I'm like, very funny. What? She said, What'd you do with them? And I said, What did I do with what? You know, it's it's just my M and M's. And I said, I didn't do anything. Not even there. And she, you know, that's that was all that was said. And the next thing I get is that picture of those M and M's from her dresser, they, they sit on top of her dresser. And the, net, the picture I get is is those, that jar of M&Ms sitting on the floor outside of her bedroom door. If you've been to Sam's and you get those big jugs of M&Ms, that's what it was. And, and like I say in there, you know, she she was visibly shaken over that. It, it, it spooked her. And that's your older, oldest, oldest daughter, daughter yeah. right? Yeah, because I remember in the story you said that she had recently moved back in with you guys with her two kids. Is that right? Two kids, yeah. Yes. With the M and M, so I I guess, or I mean, it's obvious. So what you're saying is basically it was kind of a heavy jug of M and M's. Higher up, she knew that you had an affinity for the M and M's. Yeah. In your Reddit story, and so she thought maybe you were playing a joke, like hiding them, and then she finds them on the the floor. So, so at this point, you've gone from not believing you've had, you know, your youngest daughter be like, Hey, I'm hearing footsteps, some weird stuff going on. Doors are opening and closing. And I can understand, you know, if I put myself kind of in your shoes, uh, you know, if like my three-year-old was kind of telling me the same thing, I'd be like, well, but it's just the draft, you know, I mean, cause we've all, you know, had the air conditioner yeah. pop on and the door shut and it kind of startles you and you go, okay, well, it's it's just a draft. And then you move on and you have the light bulb situation. Now, I found it very interesting that you actually work in kind of, uh, you know, the electrical field that adds a whole nother dimension to that story. Um, and, and Becky, I'm not sure if you had an opportunity to see the video, but literally you see the light bulb and there's just smoke pouring around that that LED light bulb. So at that point, I'm sure your curiosity and and like some bells were kind of going off, like what the heck they is were. going on? Now you've got a physical object being moved that can't be explained. So were you frightened at this point? Were you more intrigued? Like how were you feeling internally as you're kind of mentally processing all this? When I seen how shaken she was over it, it got to me. I, I knew there was substance to it just by the way, how scared she was, how how it messed with her. Um, I knew it was genuine. And then she went on to have another pretty freaky experience too, right? Yes. And and this was somebody that doesn't even live here. It was one of her friends was with her. The room adjacent to hers, it's connected with, with the bathroom. They were watching a movie and they said that the light come on, you know, which they thought it was just me, which I don't know why they would think it was me and why I had no reason to go in there. You always get the blame for these paranormal experiences. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> and, uh, then it went off, and then it came back on, you know, and that's when it came back on is what got their attention. And they started watching it, and they they said they were fixing to get up and go in there and, and look, and then it went off again. Then it come back on, and then it just slowly started getting faster until it was, like, clicking off, like somebody flipping the switch up and down. And it freaked them out, so they left the room, you know. And then when I did go look, the light was on. 
and it being so close together, all this coming, you know, happening so, so close, I started talking to Cynthia about it. Now, is this where you come in and had your experience with the door locking? Was that the kind of next thing that happened? Yeah, it was, it was pretty close. So yeah, Jay was, or Jason was in here in the bedroom and I tried to come in the room. The door was locked. So, you know, I went and sat back down on the couch and, you know, didn't really think a whole lot about it. And maybe five, six minutes later, tried to come back in here. The door was unlocked. And so I, he was laying in the bed and I said, well, why did you lock the door? And he looked at me and he said, I didn't let the door wasn't locked, but the door was locked, you know, because mm-hmm. because I tried to come in. So I, that was that was right about the same time. It, yeah, it was earlier that night. You had had the, the issue with the towels coming off the wall. Like so she said, she was on the couch. I was laying here in bed watching TV and, and I still had to brush my teeth and stuff. So I had the lights on in the bathroom and. Our lights started doing the same thing, but they're not LEDs. They're just regular incandescent bulbs. One of them started smoking. And so I ran in there and touched it, you know, to see if it was the same, because that was my first immediate thought. It wasn't hot or cold. It was just like it never been on. I screwed it back in. It was loose, so I screwed it back in, and it, it started working, you know, and it wasn't no more smoke. And I just kind of thought to myself, huh. And I come back in here. I did my business in there, and I come back, shut the lights off. I come back in here. I had my lamp on, and, and this is something I didn't put in there. Right before I heard the thud, which turned out to be the towels, I'm, I'm sitting here and and I have a I have to wear a CPAP machine when I sleep. So I was rolled over kind of on my side and I was putting my mask on and I have a picture of my childhood best friend that's leaning against my lamp. It's picture we're probably ten years old. And ironically, he was hit and killed by a drunk driver when we were twelve. It's like somebody took their finger and just thumped it that thumped it over. I mean, it, it it fell on its face. And I don't know why that never registered to me until just recently. I just that just come to me that that happened that night. And right after that's when I heard that thud. But I didn't think anything of it. You know, I just I was tired, you know, and I just went ahead and went to sleep. And when I got up the next morning, our towels, they're like the top of the they're mounted right at the top of the door frame. You know, have you got your trim around your door? That hook is mounted even with the top of that. You're not going to grab a towel and, and push it off by accident. You mm-hmm. know, you're not going to pull it down. And it, it's solid. Like I said, I had to tap it down with a hammer to get to keep it to to get it all the way down in there. And it was laying on the floor. The both towels were still on the hook. Like like somebody just grabbed the hook and pulled it off the wall and, and set them on the floor. And I heard the thud, you know, and you would think that that when it hit the floor, the hook would go rolling. I mean, you look at the picture, you can see it. The towels are still on the hook itself. That was the last thing that's happened to me that that's really got me spooked. Somebody was also hearing their name being called in the home. Is that right? Everybody but me <laughs> has, has had that happen to them. Yeah. So I was walking out the, um, there's a door that goes into the laundry room and then another door that goes into the garage. And I was going out to go into the garage um, to go to the store. And I heard Allie holler at me and she said, Hey, Cynthia, will you come back here before you leave? So I shut the door, walked back to Allie's room 
and she wasn't still standing there. So I tapped on the door and she opened it and I said, what did you need? And she looked at me funny and I said, you told me to come back here before I left. And she said, no, I didn't. And then uh, there's been nights when I've sat in the living room and I've heard Kaylee say my name. You know, she'll say Cynthia and I'll turn around and look around the corner because that's where her room is. Only she's not there and she's been asleep for a couple hours. So <sighs> the Allie's boyfriend says the same thing that he's heard Cynthia's voice, Kaylee and Allie. He's even heard the two-year-old Camilla mm-hmm. say his name. And he says, sometimes it's even, it's even like they're having a, a conversation on the phone. He said he used to turn around and go back and look, but he's gotten to the point now that he knows nobody's there. So he didn't turn around and go look. Now, has anybody seen any visual presentations of the paranormal? Well, if you count that thing with Allie, I don't know. When Allie asked me that question when I was cooking dinner that night, when, when she come in there, she was laughing at me because she was like, who are you talking to? And I said, you just asked me a question. And she says, no, I didn't. And I'll, like I said in the, in the post, I'll swear to my dying day, she was standing there. You saw what some people would call like a doppelganger of your daughter talking to you and you had a conversation yes. with her? Yeah, she she asked me a question. I was just... I was answering it, but I sometimes when I answer a question, I'll I'll just you know go over the top with the answer. I you know I just start explaining, just babbling, and that's what I was doing. The next thing I know, I hear her say, "Who the hell are you talking to?" You know, and wow, and I'm like, "I'm answering your question," and she's like, "I didn't ask you a question." I said, "You stood right there and asked me," and she said, "No, I didn't." You know, so this episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels, and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four year old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box. So you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. 
or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So this is where I'm going to turn it over to our special guest co-host. Becky, I'm sure you have your own thoughts and comments about what's going on. Does this sound like something that is more trickster-esque or dangerous? Or like, what's what's your intuition telling you about these experiences they're having? It sounds solely like something really wants somebody's attention and anyone's attention. Someone who wants to be remembered or noticed in some way and you know that's what investigators or or you guys would do is you know attempt to find what it is it's trying to tell you however it does not sound angry malevolent you know I'm not getting like this horrible terrifying vibe from this when he talked about you know it, it gave him chills yeah absolutely because it feels real so I get the same sense of like this feels like definitely a true haunting like by the book you open a book and, it, and you're like what's a haunting and this sounds like it <laughs> you know you have multi facets to this haunting whereas you know a lot of people will come and they'll be like oh I have electrical stuff and it's like well that's electrical stuff you have multiple areas that things are happening to you, you have the psychological the electrical and the the physical manifestations going on and you might be able to explain even 10 percent of it away and you still have a whole haunting a Aside from that so um it sounds like a lot going on and it definitely sounds like something that wants attention rather than you know I, i'm not getting anything you know you guys aren't experiencing anything that sounds harmful in in any way but you know it's still it's going on in your home so it's still going to alarm you of course um so that my first thought yes i don't think this sounds um, like that do you want to tell her about the grandkids in the way through. Yeah, so we we have, right outside our bedroom door is our formal dining room. We have three two-year-old grandkids um, that run all over this house like, you know, crazy little people. And they refuse to go through that dining room when it's dark. They'll go through the kitchen, you know, go through the other living room and go onto their toy room that way but they will, they will stop right outside that dining room. And Camilla will tell us it's scary. Um, the baby, so she's eight months old. We can be sitting in the, in the breakfast nook at the table and she'll look around us and look into that dining room and just stare in there. Like she's looking at something. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but, yeah. It, it's always the dining room. Yeah. You know, it's kids that are taught to be cautious of strangers and what does a baby do when they see someone that they're not they get the wide eye look that you, mm-hmm. you're looking yeah for you are just listening and you know that's what it sounds like almost like there's someone in there and they're like sh- they're getting kind of stranger danger about whatever's mm-hmm. going on so like the fear is not you know like something happened in fear it sounds like almost like there's someone um i am curious is how old is your house 2008 okay and do you have you looked into the property history at all? I I talked to. Okay, it's kind of funny. Uh, we have an elderly neighbor who lives across the street. She she cornered me one day. She, she's afraid I was going to hit her mailbox. 
She's had a lot of people run over it. It's brick, you know, big straggling mailbox. Anyway, she was telling me that there was an elderly couple that lived here. Mm. And for some odd reason, they just up and moved to Las Vegas. You know, I'm like, an elderly couple moving to Las Vegas don't make a lot of sense. But she's older, too. So, you know, I didn't pay much attention to it. And this is before I ever noticed anything, too. And then she said there's another, you know, another family moved in here. And they didn't stay very long. And she said, now they up and left in the middle of the night. Like, well, they were here one day and gone the next. Wow. And yeah, and then yeah. that's and then that's it. You know, then it's then us. When are you wonder, guys moving out? She's convinced that, like what, what Becky said, that if it wanted to hurt us, it would hurt us by now. If I see anything, I'll, I, yeah, I will want to. I mean, I, I'm pretty spooked now as it is, you know, and... It makes me feel like a wuss, you know, be, but I just, I, I can't handle looking over my shoulder, you know, or wondering what's, what's next, you know, and, and, and in the comments on that post, people, you know, well, why put cameras up, you know, and see what you see. And I'm like, if I put cameras up and I see something on, the, on those, I won't, I won't, I'll, I'll leave. I won't stay here. And, That's uh, why they uh, say curiosity killed the cat, right? Once you exactly, open that box, yeah. you can't close it. Exactly. Well, Becky, you open these boxes all the time. I mean, do you have any suggestions for them to maybe try to tamp down this activity? Sure. One more question I'd like to mm -hmm. answer. Cynthia, how similar is what you're experiencing to the paranormal experiences you had previously throughout your life? Um, a little bit different. I, I used to not hear voices and things. It was more of, and still, like I say today, like, I, I want you to know I'm here, but that's it. You know, like I would see barrettes off. There was a barrette sitting on one of my TVs and it just kind of floated off, hung out in the air for a minute and then fell to the ground. Um, okay. and then, the, you know, so nothing I mean, I guess it would be kind of the same because it, it wasn't, it never scared me, right? you know, and, and still these things don't, don't scare me now, but, but, and, and my mom, my mom has also dealt with it since she was young. You know, we talked to mom about it a lot when you, we were younger, when we very first started seeing things. So um, I think we've all just grown up with it and no fear. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you have someone that's, um, I would say maybe you're intuitive and open and you're open to these experiences and you move into a house that sounds like maybe it might have had some activity before you guys were there. So that was, you know, when he opened with that question, like you've experienced this before, is this something that could have like came with you? But obviously the idea of these other people who've left this house so abruptly kind of leans towards the fact that maybe this property or something going on there is haunted. Um, that being said, you know, hauntings, I think of, us as having this ability to kind of balm them or soothe them in some ways. So like the first thing that we like to do is set a boundary. If we're convinced this is a haunting and, you know, again, I'm not an electrician, he works in the electrical field. So if there were something that was truly just a malfunction, he's going to be able to debunk that himself. He doesn't need to bring someone in to do that. So truly something strange is going on. And I think the best thing we can do is kind of open it up and just say, Hey, I'm okay with you being here. We're living in this, you know, I've been comfortable with you my whole life. We're living in the same space, coexisting. However, you know, what you did with the 
electricity was kind of dangerous and we would appreciate you didn't do that. We would appreciate you did not, you know, do anything to the children. That's a lot of boundaries that people will set is like, it's okay if you say hi to me, but please don't scare the kids because that becomes a little more complicated explaining this stuff to them. So you have that. Like I said, it does not sound like some vicious entity. It just sounds like something that needs a little calming down. And if boundaries don't work, it sounds like there's some sort of message that they are trying to relay to you and don't know how, like they're trying to grab your attention. And that underlying thing, if this is a true haunting, it might be someone that's like, hey, this was my land and you developed on it and you have this new house here, but remember the old house. And so that's where you're going to look into historical records. This is what, you know, the investigators typically do. But um, if you were to take it into your own hands, like who was there before? Did these people have these experiences? Um, simply setting boundaries a lot of times is what most people need. And then you kind of have to work beyond that if that didn't work. So sometimes it does feel a little bit silly, especially if you're not used to it. You are pretty open to talking, but it sounds like maybe he needs to be the one that's like, hey, you know, you're doing this in my home. And I'm not okay with it. And truly, like, say it with conviction. Don't feel silly. Like, and and a lot of times they're like, oh, you noticed me and gave me the attention that I want. I'll I'll tone it down. And and, and it's from time to time. It sounds like you had a lot of activity rapidly, and it kind of happened, you know, back to back, all this stuff all at once. So something has charged it. I, I don't know what an anniversary or something like that is going on. And without like looking into it, I can't give too much more advice other than getting those boundaries set is, is a big step in the right direction. And Becky, something that I know just from looking at um, Jason's post on Reddit and, you know, people trying to give their own advice, which is always a fun Russian <laughs> roulette on Reddit. Yeah. But one thing that comes up, Becky, as you know, people will say, well, hey, reach out to a medium, reach out to a Catholic priest, reach out to this, reach out to that. Becky, can you give them just, because I know you and I have had conversations about this, maybe just some advice or things to look out for if they do go that route of inviting like a medium into their home. So where they're not just inviting somebody in who's just looking to take advantage of them. Sure. So uh, I would say the first suggestion here is if someone's asking for money to help you, <laughs> that might be a red flag, especially if they're supposed to be a clergy of some sort. If you're not already involved in a church and working with clergy, I probably would be cautious about who you're approaching to come in. Exorcisms cannot be performed on property historically. I know a lot of people say, oh, so-and-so came in and did an exorcism. The reason I mentioned setting boundaries in this instance is because Cynthia is familiar and comfortable with entities outside of the, I guess, the non-living. And um, so she's got this comfort level already and not looking to eradicate. If that is the route, if it does get to that point where it's like, we cannot stand to be in this house, you know, you are going to have people come in and, and offer to do things. I wouldn't recommend someone that's like, I need exorbitant amounts of money. Someone out there will truly want to help you and they will guide you towards, like I said, acting as a balm towards this haunting or you know saying hey this is our house now and you kind of have to allow that and that might solve the situation but just cautious of people looking for money cautious of people who are looking to perform 
they'll use terminology and they know you're unfamiliar with this terminology. So they're going to just throw a lot of words at you and say, oh, we need this, this, and this holy water exorcism. And if you're not a practicing practitioner of that faith, it's not really going to do a whole lot of your haunting because it's manifesting the way it is to get your attention. And if someone else were in that house, it might be slightly different. Funny that she said the clergy because I grew up Catholic and I, I talked to my mother about this and it, it turns out that, you know, I, I was real skeptical about talking to her about it, but I didn't know, you know, who else to really talk to. And it turns out my grandparents were big believers in the afterlife. And, and I, I've never would have pictured that, especially for my grandpa. He, he was a pretty stern, hardcore guy, but she has a box of Bibles and rosaries and holy water and sage and that kind of stuff that they had because of their beliefs in this. She's wanting to get that to me, you know, and she, she told me to, to start calling around looking for priests, you know, and, and it, it completely shocked me because I never would have expected this out of my mom. <laughs> I was really shocked that she was so supportive of it. So you had mentioned that you weren't really a believer in the afterlife. You know, you're skeptical of the paranormal ghosts, spirits. These experiences, how has this affected you on like a religious level? Thinking about, you know, the the uh, macro instead of the micro. Is this is this kind of changing the way you see the world? Is it making you more curious about the paranormal, about what happens when we die, that kind of thing? I lost my faith a long time ago. This is really, it's put things into perspective for me. Two months ago, I, I never would have, I, I, I just wouldn't have believed you. You know, it just, I wouldn't have said anything to you about it. You know, I just wouldn't have believed you. But now that seeing what I've seen and listening to the stories from from the other people in the house, you know, he he's real. I mean, I, I, I've got some sort of direction now that, you know, there it, it isn't just, just a blankness when you die. You know, there, there is a, there is a God, there, there is a spirit, there is a Holy Spirit. You do have a soul. Now I'm, I'm, I'm more accepting of that than I, than I ever have been really. And, you know, I just, I've kind of made my mind up to start, start going back to church, start, start trying to find my way again, you know, because I have been lost. I really have. And, and. I don't know if this is a, a way of saying, hey, you know, <laughs> it's time for you to to get your act together. You know, here's an eye opener for you. Mm. You know, well, thank you for sharing that, both of you guys. In general, like he said that she his mom was considering sending him this this box. That box will truly um, act as a protection, I think, with like the familial um, the fact that it was something that worked for them. Um, I personally, even as an investigator, I wear bracelets that my friend made for me. And like a, a gift like that is truly incredible that someone has hung on to that. And almost it's like without knowing hung on to that to validate your experiences. It is strange. It's weird. I, I was shocked that she had that. I really was. That's truly incredible. To all of you, this has been an amazing episode and I can't wait to share it with our audience. 
it, it's rare that we get these stories where they are so raw and so fresh. A lot of times it's, you know, fans reaching out saying, Hey, I want to share this thing that happened when I was 15 or 16 or, or, you know, the, the things like that. I mean, this is ongoing and I, I would love for you guys to keep us updated. I don't mean you necessarily have to come back on the podcast if you don't want to, but just, um, just personally, I, I would love to know if, if there's some type of conclusion and, I wish you guys safety and curiosity and, and I mean, thank you for being open. People think of like, uh, oh, I'm going to go tell a ghost story or it's a ghost story podcast. What I don't think people realize and what I didn't necessarily realize before we started this, you know, about four years ago, it's just how personal and sometimes difficult um, these stories can be to share because of maybe there's a stigma, maybe there's an emotional attachment for whatever the reason is. So we definitely appreciate you sharing them. Becky, I would love for you to share with our audience where they can find all your amazing content online. Anything you've got coming up that you'd like to share that um, this episode will be dropping this upcoming Monday? I can be found in the same places I've always been, kind of TikTok, Instagram as My Bloody Galentine. And I do have a documentary on the horizon exploring a haunted hotel. It's called Historically Haunted the Grand Midway. It just got completed and I'm really excited for that. Yeah, you got a lot going on. It's it's um wild. One of my one, yes, it is wild. One of my favorite things about starting this podcast early on, I I just decided I wanted to do my best to make a community of friends around this podcast because um, obviously the paranormal has been going on a lot longer than than I've been around or interested or doing a podcast and. Becky's been one of those special people and and she was already a big deal uh, when when we met her and just to continue to see her rise and her claim and just knowing that she is a good person who is is really trying to do these things for the right reason makes it all the more special. Well, Jason, Cynthia, we'd love for you guys to do the outro. Becky will stare at me as I ask her to do it as well. Um, just to remind everybody, I will say my name. Becky will say hers. Cynthia, you'll say your name. Jason, you'll say yours. And then we'll all go, woo! as we wrap up i promise we won't leave you hanging where you're the only two making the woo noise we'll, we'll all do it in unison so with that i'm noah daniels i'm becky i'm cynthia i'm jason woo! <laughs> <laughs>